Hello, and welcome to the Dangerous Creatives Podcast. We're ready to dive into the deep end of running a creative business, the joys, the sorrows, and the shit no one wants to talk about. I'm your host, Kristen Sweeting, a traveling wedding photographer and coach for creative business owners who scaled two businesses while single parenting, so I know it doesn't always go as planned. Hold on to your seats as we explore what wholeness looks like within your creative journey and how growth doesn't always come in the ways we expect. Well, hey, and welcome back to the Dangerous Creatives Podcast. It's your host, Kristen Sweeting, and this is the episode I've been trying to record for a while, and I apologize for how long it's taken me to make. This fall has been crazy, as I'm sure it has been for most of you since we're photographers, and that's kind of the way that Octobers are. But this episode is a part two because we did a part one uh, a couple weeks back about things to focus on when you're a photo business that is under 100K in revenue. And today is about what to focus on when you're a photo business that's over 100K in revenue. And, you know, it's it's an arbitrary number, really. But I do think it it makes a difference when you start getting into the six figures, multiple six figures. There are different things we start to do than when you're in that building phase of getting things up and running, getting momentum going, getting to where you're paying yourself a full-time income. And then there's some other things we can focus on after that. I think too often we hear business advice and it's not clarified if it's meant for us or not at the stage of our business. And we start trying to apply it all and then get frustrated Because that advice might have been meant for someone with a much bigger business or a more entry-level business. And so I like to kind of clarify so that you don't end up wasting time on things because no one likes that. But just a quick little update from us here at Dangerous Creatives, what we've been doing this fall. I'm still shooting weddings. Kristen Sweeting Photography is still shooting weddings. So we had a bunch of weddings this fall. Um, We also have an international branding shoot, which is really fun. Um, We launched Danger School again, and we have a great group of photographers going through our online course and coaching program right now, Danger School, and prepping for booking season for next year, as I'm sure you are too. Most areas, it seems like, you know, November through February, all a lot of wedding bookings happen. Some things have shifted a little bit over the last couple years, but still expecting a booking season, which is exciting. And we did an education intensive. We helped some awesome photographers build out their education offer. That was really fun to do because we these are photographers that we just really admire and respect and are excited for them. So um, also, we just announced that the mastermind for next year is accepting applications. So there are 15 spots for our in-depth one-on-one and group coaching mastermind for next year. Um, This is for photographers who are over 100K in revenue, who are ready to focus on some of these things that we're going to talk about today. This program kind of happened by accident a few years ago. I, at the end of a, at the end of a year, I was like, I wonder if anyone would want to do some kind of mastermind. And I just put it out on Instagram and instantly had so many applications and took the first group of photographers through it a few years ago. And we've done the program twice since then, so three times. And each time it's grown, we've made adjustments, um, we increased the size of it, and we learned a lot in the process. And we've had so many amazing photographers and creatives go through this mastermind program, and we just love them all so much. We've learned so much from them. We've seen them grow so much. They've just become dear friends. So that's really cool to see. And um, we are relaunching it this year. 
And the mastermind for 2023 will be more focused. It will have three really clear growth paths that people can choose to go on. And then it's going to be six months. You get a weekly group call and a one-on-one call with me every month. So um, there's just a lot of support and a lot of cool energy in this program. But the reason we made different growth paths is I think we all are overwhelmed all the time. We all want more time, not things that are going to take up more of our time. So when we invest our time and our money into something like education, we want it to be to the point. We want it to be um, applicable to us. And we want to make sure that we're spending time doing the thing that's going to make the most impact, generate the most revenue, produce those results that you're wanting to see. So we've really narrowed down the focus so that if you have X goal, goal, you are doing X growth path. So I'll explain the three growth paths because I'm so excited about this. I think it's going to save so much time for people and create so much value. So the first growth path is if you're ready to raise your pricing and raise your position in the market. So maybe you're like, I'm a intermediately priced, moderately priced photographer. I'm ready to get more up into that luxury pricing. Um, Changing position includes pricing, sales strategy, client experience, portfolio. There's so much that goes into up-leveling that position in the market. And growth path number one is focused just on that. So if you're in that growth path where that's what you're wanting, you also get sales support from our team, um, someone that helps you with your sales process as we're going through the coaching. So that's growth path number one. Growth path number two is you're ready to launch an education side of your business. So you're a a veteran photographer, you're um, ready to be more of a leader, to be more of a voice in the industry, you know you have the expertise and the knowledge to add to the conversations that are happening, and you're just not really sure how to package it, how to market it, what you want to create, um, and need a little guidance on both the strategy and the creation of that education offer. So that's growth path number two. We help a lot with the implementation and also the the strategies and the experience that go behind launching an education brand because it is a whole other business, even though it's attached to your main one. And you don't market it quite the same as you do your photography. There's different nuances. There's different challenges. There's different um, There's different things to watch out for that we love to help people with because we like to see people avoid mistakes we've made and get to the place they want to get sooner because we've kind of already figured some of it out. So that's growth path number two. And then growth path number three is um, you're wanting to free up your time. So maybe you're really comfortable with the amount of money that you're making Um, I mean, you know, more never hurts, right? But (laughs) you're mostly wanting to free up time, get down to two days a week, three days a week of work, um, part-time hours while still making the same amount of money. We focus on systems, organization, um, outsourcing, automating, really getting things honed in so that you're getting your time back. And more than that, you're taking pressure off of yourself because that's the biggest thing for me. When I feel pressure, I am not performing creatively. I'm not a fun person to be around. I'm not excited to do my work. And so relieving that pressure and creating those systems and helping you work towards a personal goal um, or a goal in your business that's going to feel really fulfilling is what growth path number three is about. 
So we are pumped about this. Um, This is the only group that I offer so much one-on-one support to, um, and I give so much energy to it. So we want to make sure that the people in it are matching that kind of level of enthusiasm and energy. And if this sounds like you, you can apply and get more information at dangerschool.com slash mastermind. And I'll link it in the show notes below. There's a mass, there's a application and an interview process to be accepted to this group. And there's 15 spots. So once they're gone, they're gone. But we hope we hope to see some applications from y'all come through. Would love to talk to you about it. See if it aligns with your goals for next year. All right. Well, let's get to the episode, shall we? I am so excited to talk about this because. Making money used to be super scary for me, and now it's not so much. And I love talking about it, love helping people grow their business, and love this kind of zone of growth too, because I think there's so much effort that goes into just getting to 100K that feels like the the pinnacle, right? And at least for me, when I got to that level, I didn't know what to do after. I'm like, okay, now what? You know, like, have the rules changed? Is there something else I should be doing? And I had a coach that told me the thing that gets you to one level is not the thing that's going to get you to the next level. And that really opened up a lot of perspective for me because I kept trying to repeat the same things I was doing as I was growing my business to this other level that I had reached. And I was just being met with frustration things weren't working. I felt like I was on a hamster wheel. I just felt like I was marketing constantly and nothing was working. And there's just no worse feeling than that. And the other thing that it's kind of hard to talk about, because I think, you know, people get, we get weird about money and get weird about what things cost and such and such. And, and I do think it's good to have these conversations, but while it's like, if you are part of the percentage that gets your photography business to hundred K, that is a big deal is a big deal because not a lot of people do that. But also, after expenses and taxes, we're still talking take-home pay of 50 to 60K. It's not a huge salary at the end of the day, and life is expensive, and unexpected expenses come up. Things get thrown at us that we didn't expect. Some of us have student loans. Some of us have medical expenses. There's so much to pay for, especially if you're living in the U.S., that just creeps up on us. This The cost of living is high. So it's not uncommon to hit that 100K goal that we think is this pinnacle and still be like, I'm still stressed about money. So this is for as you continue to go forward and just to kind of normalize that it's okay to still be stressed about money if your photo business is bringing in 100K. Um, it's still costs a lot to run a photography business and those expenses and the taxes are not are not minuscule so what's next for us what do we want to grow to how do we want to move forward and what goal feels fun now so some questions I always I always ask people when they're at this place trying to move forward so I'll ask you um, is what would be fun to try we get to a little bit let the pressure off at this stage and be like what would be fun Um, do I think it would be fun to try podcasting? Do I think it would be fun to try this other type of photography? Do I want to make presets? Like what looks fun out there? 
Have you seen someone else do something that I get excited about or a little jealous of? Um, I'll be honest, some of the things that I do now, I was once jealous of other people because they had the courage to do it and I didn't. And the jealousy was a really good signal to me that maybe it was something I wanted and I just wasn't letting myself have it or was telling myself I, I shouldn't do that. Um, so I started getting curious about my own jealousy, more my own judgment of other people when they were doing things that were putting themselves out there and I started to be a little judgy. I was like, oh, interesting. Um, and what needs do I see around me and is there a way to solve them? So we can start kind of like maybe you've kept your head down, you've been moving forward, you've been barreling forward, being like, let's get this 100K goal. And now you're looking up a little bit and looking around and being like, what else is going on out here? What might be fun to try? What do people seem to need? Does it align with my gifts and my talents and stuff that I like doing? Um, And is it time to expand my capacity? So, you know, 100K still ends up being 50 to 60K after expenses and taxes. So maybe it's time to raise that another 100, 200K to get to where we're paying ourselves a six-figure salary. That would be great, right? I feel like we should all be having six-figure salaries here. So let's do it. So number one in things to focus on after 100K in revenue, outsourcing and building your team. This one I started talking about on Instagram stories the other day and everyone chimed in and it was super fun because I, I at one point put a ton of pressure on myself. Honestly, I still do put a ton of pressure on myself to do everything alone. It's this, this mentality that we have to do it alone. We're supposed to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. We should somehow be able to manage um, childcare and cooking and household stuff and making lots of money and all these things. And honestly, there's just there's just too much that we're each responsible for, especially if we're working and we have responsibilities at home and we have other people to take care of. It's just too much. And I'd always look around at other people and feel like they somehow were managing it all and I didn't understand how they were doing that. And so when I started building my own team, I made a promise to myself that I wouldn't, I wouldn't hide the fact that I had people helping me. At first, the first person I hired was a coach, and they helped me learn how to make more money. The second person I hired was a therapist. They helped me learn how to manage my anxiety. And then I just really slowly started building onto my team Um, And I think a lot of people think building a team means you have to hire associates, you have to have other photographers, you have to manage all these people. And there's other ways of building teams that can still take some stress and responsibility off of you while not having to run this huge team or this huge business. So um, some things that I did that were really helpful when I was slowly building a team is having someone come a few hours a week to help me around the house. Um, When Hudson was little and it was just me and I was working and I didn't have childcare, there was like one day a week where I had someone come to the house, would play with him, but also would do laundry and would tidy up things and run some errands and buy groceries and do a little bit of food prep. Um, one of the things I realized during that season is I stopped eating food or stopped like I dropped so much weight. I wasn't feeding myself. And so anytime I would find things like that where I'm like, I'm dropping the ball here, I would I would try to fill it with a support person. 
Um, And that person ended up being a huge, huge help for me because I didn't realize how much mental space was being taken up by my laundry. I don't know if y'all have something like this, but for me, my pet peeve is laundry. I've always been this way. I would let the clean laundry, I would just pile the clean laundry on my bed and I would lay next to it and fall asleep and eventually, you know, wear one or two things, like keep taking the clean laundry off my bed from the pile And then I would go to sleep next to it at night and I'd never end up folding it. And eventually all of it would be dirty again and I would wash it all again and it would go back on my bed. This is like high school, college. Sorry about this, mom. Um, Honestly, as an adult too, I think I just slept next to my laundry last night because I don't currently have someone helping me with this. But when I started finding things like that, I would be like, okay, cool. How can I outsource this? Is that something I'm allowed to outsource? And so much of it is like being afraid to give ourselves permission to build the team around the things we don't enjoy. So that was huge for me, having a little bit of the household responsibility taken off my plate. Some questions to help you figure out what might be helpful for you is, what do I need to do? What do I hate doing? And where do I feel things are too heavy, are causing fights, are causing chaos or overwhelm? And kind of making columns, you know, what are the things that I love doing that I have to do? So if you're a photographer, that's photographing the wedding, right? Or photographing the family shoot. Maybe it's the client communication. Maybe it's the marketing. I've never, ever outsourced Instagram. I feel like marketing is my job or sales is my job, you know? So keeping those things in your I have to do these list and then in the list that's like, I hate doing these. These cause me stress daily, Writing those things down and figuring out, like, is there something that I can do to outsource to build my team? Um, Not that you want to hear me do math calculations on a podcast because that's boring, but just, like, as a quick example. So if you're hiring someone to help around the house for $20 to $30 an hour, but maybe for you to go out and photograph something, you charge $500 to $1,500 an hour for photography. So you see... If you're doing that calculation, so let's just use 500. Say you charge 500 an hour for photography. For eight hours, that's 4,000. Or if you charged $1,000 an hour for eight hours, that's 8,000. $30 times eight is 240. So 4,000 minus 240 is 3,760. Or 8,000 minus 240 is 7,760. So I don't know about you, but I'm okay with that math. You know, I'm okay with outsourcing that thing so that I can increase my capacity in the things that I'm skilled to do at a higher price point. And I know it doesn't always one-to-one work like that. Like, obviously, you have to go and book another client, too. But even if your time is used, like, even if that time I get to do more sales calls or I get to do more networking or more marketing to bring in that one extra client, that can make, like, such a huge difference over time if you start compounding that out. So, Um, I try to look at that when I'm making these decisions too of like, can I afford this thing? And I think we often see building a team as a debit, like it's taking away money from us instead of like, what is this allowing us to do? How is this allowing us to actually bring in more money to our business over time um, with that energy, with that mental space that you're getting back and with that time you're getting back? So if you like journaling, which I do, I love journaling, you can spend a little time um, writing, what would I do with that extra time? Would I work a little bit extra? Would I spend more time with my family? Maybe I've been neglecting my health. 
Um, yeah, what would I do with that open space if I did a little bit of outsourcing? And that could be household stuff. It could be a VA. It could be an editor. There's so many different options and what to start trying with. And um, it doesn't have to be all things at the same time, just a little bit here and a little bit there until kind of find what works works for you. Um, okay, number two things to focus on for a photo business over 100K in revenue is defining your goals. So this is where, to me, the paths start to diverge of there's so many different options of how to grow beyond 100K in your business. And you really need to figure out what feels fun and right and aligned and good to you. So, so many options. Um, You know, one path is growing a team, which is, you know, I want to have a bunch of photographers shooting for me under my name. That was never one that felt super aligned with me, but it does for a lot of people. And I think it's great if you want to run a team like that. But it's okay to have that, this one's maybe not for me, or this one is for me, let's try this. So some examples of kind of defining those goals that I wrote down. One, like, I want to work part-time doing work I love and pay myself 200k after taxes and expenses. So that's a really nice actionable goal because you are like, okay, that means I need to book this many weddings at this price point and need to figure out and like know my taxes and expenses so I can pay myself this amount at the end of the day. Or I want to build a team of people that becomes internationally known around the world, team of photographers. Or I want to help other photographers or creatives get more clients through SEO. I want to host intimate events to be able to have deep conversations. Or I want to I want multiple income streams so I never have to worry about wedding bookings. Um, so think about like what's something that you're like, oh, if I never had to worry about an inquiry booking me or not, that would feel so good. Or if there was a stream of income that I could count on every month, that would feel so good. Or if I knew I never had to work on Wednesdays, I don't know. So start making, start thinking like, what are my goals? Define the lifestyle, define the goal, and feel free to try different things. I feel like some of these things we won't know until we try it, but you know, you got, you kind of got to learn by trying. Okay. Number three, things to focus on over hundred K in revenue, niche down. Um, raise those prices and elevate markets. So this is like changing your position in the market, which could be a goal, could be a goal if you wanted to at this point. So um, just some quick math, 10 weddings at 10K is 100K, 20 weddings at 15K is 300K, 15 weddings at 20K is 300K. And if you're kind of going with like a 50% profit margin, that's, uh, you know, 100K in take-home pay or 150K in take-home pay for both of the two other options. Um, I also ran, you know, photo shoots, so $3,000 for a portrait shoot. If you do eight of those a month, that's 24,000 times 12 is 288. So that's kind of a range for portraits. Or if you were charging 1,000, that's 17 shoots a month, which gets you to 200,000 in revenue. So niching down, getting those prices up will help you get towards some of those multiple multiple six-figure numbers um, and get to the six-figure six figure paycheck at the end of the day. Um, and that includes your pricing, client experience, um, portfolio, all of those things get really important when you're raising positions in the market. And it just, I feel like there's not really a way to get around raising pricing when you're a photographer. Sure, we can bring on other people, we can scale a business, but 
Most of us are wanting to create something really meaningful for people, create a great experience for people, and make a difference in people's lives. And and that does come with a cost. It comes with a cost to us, to our energy, and also to our clients so that we can maintain that level of quality. So I think for anyone raising above 100K in revenue, focusing on pricing and raising position in the market is really, really key. It can help with some of that burnout, help give you energy back, and end up working with really awesome clients this way. Sometimes uh, people really don't want to mess with their pricing. They feel good about it. And the option forward for that is bringing on other team members to help you deliver those shoots. So multiple photographers doing shoots, multiple people doing weddings, kind of having that team-based approach, which is also a pretty big strategic move and takes a lot of kind of reworking to to make that work, but is also a path forward to the multiple six figures is to is to increase your volume. And then you also have to increase the marketing to support that. This leads into number four, which is expanding visibility and capacity. So if you're expanding your capacity, a lot of times that requires hiring more people to help you deliver on what you're creating. Um, and to do that, you also have to increase the visibility of what's going on, what's going out into the world so that people can hire you at a higher rate and your team. So you're kind of switching at this point. We switch from being the main the main person that delivers the shoot to more of the spokesperson or the manager or the CEO of your business. Um, so this is a this is a personality choice. This is what you like doing more than another. Some people love this, some people don't. Um, so it's in being a lot more in the spotlight of marketing, sales, being kind of that spokesperson, and then having other people deliver the service of the photography. Um, so this is, I've seen this work really great with portrait photographers, people with a studio, um, is kind of building out that team so that your job is kind of bringing people in the door and working with them and mentoring the other photographers and the photographers, the photographers that you've hired are the ones creating the shoots, creating the work and going from there. And number five thing to focus on for a photo business over 100K in revenue is creating something that's scalable. This is why a lot of photographers at this point get into education or creating um, a course or PDFs or presets or something that they can sell to more than one person at a time. And this doesn't, when I say scalable offer, this doesn't mean you have to have a gigantic business. Like you can still have a really um, intentional, small business that makes a big impact, um, but having an offer that you can duplicate and that you can sell to more per, more than one person at a time really does help your efforts go so much farther. So again, some options are presets, um, PDFs, guides, trainings, public speaking, um, VIP days, group programs, online courses, retreats, dinners. So whether you're a photographer or any other kind of creative, there's so many different options that have that possibility to create the group effect or that scalable effect so that instead of showing up to shoot one wedding and having to do that over and over and over, you can condense that into one day or one retreat or one program and just maximize the effort that you're that you're putting out there into this one thing that then can be sold again and again and again. Um, I like to say passive income is kind of a thing, but everything uh, everything requires effort. Even if you're making money in the stock market, it requires some effort. So, you know, 
Most things that people say are passive income aren't super passive. You're still having to sell it. You're still having to make it. You're still having to market it. But it does let you have something that is leveraged so you can use your time to make more of an impact and make more revenue. So there's our five things. I'll go back through them. And just remember, you don't have to do all of them. Some things might might sound exciting. Maybe it piqued some interest of like, hey, let's let's try this. And maybe some of them were like, I definitely don't want to do that. I have, I have my list of that as well, where I'm like, I definitely don't want to do that. So number one was outsourcing and building your team. This could be at home. This could be in your business. So many different ways to build a team, outsource, automate the things that are really stressing you out. Um, number two, defining your goals. Number three is niching down, raising prices, elevating markets. Number four is expanding visibility and capacity. That's really leaning into the marketing CEO version of um, running your business. And then number five is creating something scalable. So I hope this was helpful. If you listened to it and enjoyed it, if you're at this place in your business where you're trying to figure out what's next, what feels exciting but not overwhelming, what do I want to try next, have all these questions going on in your head and a a million different options and it's overwhelming or whatever, feel free to message me on Instagram. I love talking about this stuff. And if you're feeling pinged to apply for the mastermind for 2023 and you want to talk about it, let me know. We can set up a call or um, I can shoot you the application. So thanks again for joining the Dangerous Creatives podcast. I really, really appreciate any time you tune in, you listen, you share with a friend. It means so much that you spend an hour listening to me in your headphones. So (laughs) thanks for being here. I hope it is helpful. And um, let me know what you're going to work on next. This episode was produced and edited by the lovely Jen Madigan Creative. Music for this episode was written and recorded by Jamie Lono and Shammy D. Thanks for being part of our Dangerous Creatives podcast community, and we'll see you again next time.